Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season five, episode number five. But if you're keeping track for the whole time, this is episode 199. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And Craig, we are back for what is legit my favorite episodes of the year. I love these. They're awesome. We love these. Last week, we said our best episode of the year, and we lied to you all because it was (laughs) tight ends, and nobody wants to hear about tight ends. No one. Tonight is the Roundtable series begins three episodes over the course of three weeks. Let's introduce our contributors. Let's start with a man who is just opening his beer. And that I heard that. So that's great. He's like, he is ready to roll. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Our favorite, our favorite contributor to come on the show, The Cinch. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I did that. So we have video for each other. I did that just as he put the can to his mouth. That was terrible timing. Cinch, how are you? Great. Can't wait. Football's here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And our other favorite contributor, because he's the only other one who ever does come on the show, we have our favorite fill-in guy and the king of useless running back knowledge. Please welcome Sean. Hey, everybody. How you doing? How you doing, old friend? Doing pretty good. Sean is actually here in the Frank Gore Extension Studio, the first ever guest inside the Frank Gore Extension Studio. It's a little scary, isn't it? Are you intimidated by being in here? I am. I am. It is uh, overwhelming. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's, it's a bedroom. It's a bedroom, and it's it's also a studio. So that's why that, I sleep in a studio. That's how that's long I'm... That's probably the overwhelming part. That's how hard in. I work. All right, let's get right to it, guys. We have a ton to talk about. With We're going to talk about quarterbacks and wide receivers today. But first, we start where we always start. Let's start with Craig. Craig, what are you drinking? So tonight, I have a beer. I think you gave me this. This is homegrown. I did. Yep. This is a New England IPA from 12% with fancy sunset uh, can art. Fantastic stuff. They do a series where they uh, work with home brewers to mass produce or produce on a, a, a distributable level. Some of the stuff they've tried, and this is one of those. So I'll be interested in how you uh, you like that. Cinch, what are you drinking? Big Day Off by Back East. Back East Brewing, that's another favorite. They, Back East Brewing, if you know Connecticut beers, and you, you probably have heard of Ice Cream Man, Back East is best known for Ice Cream Man, but they make a good number of different beers. Sean, what have you got for me today? I am drinking um, Shruggy by Kent Falls Brewery. Here we go. Yep, he raided my fridge. We had a long discussion. My wife got a real good chuckle out of the fact that we were sitting there and planning. It was like it was like when you pick your steak or your lobster. Like I had to line them all up. He's like, you know, I could go with that one. And I was like, just pick a goddamn beer. Let's go. I am drinking something by Collective Arts. It's a New England double IPA called Good Monster. If you're familiar with Collective Arts, their big thing is that they do fancy can art from local artists. So, and I know that Craig appreciates the counters. Yeah, that's an eagle in a man's suit. And he's talking to an owl who doesn't I like appear it. to be very interested like in what it. he's saying. <clears throat> I like it. So It's awesome. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get right to it. Um, one burning hot take. I just want to toss this out there for you guys as kind of a nice warm-up question. I saw an article today, and uh, it was by, hold on, let me get it up here. I have it. There it is. Sports Handle. SportsHandle.com did a uh, survey. They surveyed NFL fans across the country to ask about their drinking habits to find out which team is the booziest team of all. I want you guys to guess for me who is the average drinks per game. What Uh, fan base has the average, highest average drinks per game at NFL games? Go right around the table. Just toss out a name that you think is it is and why. Well, I shocked them in the silence. (laughs) I mean, Philly's pretty bad with uh, drinking and their rowdiness, so could go with Philly. Okay, so Philly is Sean's guess. Philly ranks 26th. 26th. That was one of the first ones I thought, too. So so they're just rude and nasty. Yeah, they don't get drunk to get rude and nasty. They just are. No offense to Philly. uh, Philly. Philadelphia Eagle fans. And we just lost Jeff Hannon. Good job. Good job. Craig, who do you think? Who's the booziest group of fans? Oh, man. I'm going to say a New York team. Giants or Jets. Oh, there's two of them. You have Either to one. one. All right. The Jets. The Jets. 
Uh, okay, the Jets come in at 17th, and the Giants come in at 25th. Really? And you want to know why? Because if you tried to buy a beer in New York, yes, they're not cheap. No. They're not cheap. The average fan, they also put in what average spending habits is. The average Jets fan spends $42 on beer at a Jets game. The average Giants fan spends 44 and they sp- they only drink three less than four beers, 3.7 and 3.4, respectively. Cinch, come on, give me a guess. Some, somebody's got to get one of the big ones. I mean, <laughs> the, the bar has been set pretty low. There are, with the Jets were 17, there are 16 teams here to choose from, Cinch. Give me one of them. Okay, so is this drinking at the game? Correct. All right, well, I'm going to go with Tennessee because that's where the whiskey is. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, it, it does not specify beer, it just specifies drinks. Tennessee comes in at 31st. Wow, they suck. Average of really? three drinks per game. The only team that drinks less is San Francisco Niners fans. They drink 2.6. Really? And their per drinks game. are like, you know, wine and shit like that. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll go with my 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 uh, favorite team. Then I, I will go with the Chicago Bears. See where they rank. The Chicago Bears are the fourth booziest team in the league. They're they're actually tied for third. An average of four point five drinks per game. So good. Yeah, good. there we go. All right. All right. So I'll I'll tell you the top three. Wait, well, wait, wait. Well, hold on, hold on. We're we're like our favorite teams first. We can do that. We can do that. Since what was your question? I was just going to say it's got to be a bad team like Detroit. Detroit's number 10. Good guess. 4.1. And, and Michigan is kind of a, you know, industrial to town. Yeah, they need to drink. There's the, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, so we'll do that. So the, uh, let's do the top five. So number five is the Carolina Panthers. 4.4 drinks per game. The average fan spends $45.70 on drinks. Number four is the Chicago Bears. They're tied at number three at 4.5 drinks per game with the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Bills fans, upstate New York, tend to drink. Cold. those 4.5 beers in Buffalo are $6 cheaper on the average than Ooh. in Chicago. Mm. Number two, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens fans drink 4.7 beers per game and spend over 45.50 on their beers. Huh. And number one, the team this plays it exactly into what Cinch <laughs> was saying. The booziest team in the league is the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh God! <laughs> 5.2 alcoholic drinks per game. Yes. The average fan goes to a Cincinnati Bengals game and spends $43. So let me go before I go into the where the Patriots are in this because I know we want to know that. The Bengals drinks are cheap. They're middle of Ohio, the you know, not middle, but yeah. They're middle cheaper of the than the Ravens. They're cheaper than the Bills. They're cheaper than the Bears. They're cheaper than the Panthers. I'm looking, okay, Denver Denver at 4.4 drinks. That's $42.26. So 42 and a quarter versus 43 in Cincinnati. 42 and a quarter gets you four and a half drinks in Denver, but it gets you 5.2 drinks. In what about, Cincy. um, <clears throat> what about the Browns since they're in the same state? Number eight, number eight, number 4.4 drinks. What about price wise though? Does it match Cincinnati? Uh, a little bit higher, 45, hmm. 34. So is it's not only that the Bengals have struggled, but the Bengals drinks are cheap. <laughs> well, they're it, cheap they because have to they be. can't get anyone to go to the game. <laughs> That's it. This is so. Is it? Is oh, it that the, Lord. They, do they drink because the Bengals are bad? Have been bad historically, or do they drink just because? My God, beers here are only eight bucks. Well, God damn, sign it's, me it, up. It's well, gonna be yeah, a combination. Think about it. I go to a, a New York game and I'm drinking a lot less beers at the game because they're a little bit more expensive. So I can see that definitely. So the Patriots for uh, since the Patriots come in at number 30, the average Patriot fan only has three beers at the game, three beers at the game. We're serious fans. We go there to watch the team, not drink. That's it. And you don't need to drown it out. Plus, we're cheap. We bring our stuff in the parking lot and drink it before the game. And uh, Kansas City Chiefs, my team, comes in at 22nd with 3.5. One guess around the room really quick. One team. The average fan spends over $60 on drinks. They spend $60 on, ready for this, 4.4 drinks. I'm doing the math right now. Hold on. I'm doing it live. 
4.4. That's an average of $13.84 a drink. Name wow. that team, Craig. Uh, it's got to be a California team since everything is expensive. I'm going to say the Rams. Sean. I like his thinking, but I remember Denver. I think I'd say I don't remember what you said, the prices of those, but Denver and Chicago were up there by four something. So I'm going to say uh, Denver's pretty expensive, if I remember. So I'm going to say Denver. Cinch. The Cowboys. The closest person is Craig. The correct answer is the L.A. Chargers. $60.93 the average fan spends on alcohol at their games. Crazy. Wow. And Crazy. how many how many drinks is that again? That's only 4.4. <clears throat> wow. 18 So the Denver Broncos are 4.4, but you save over $18 by drinking in Denver. <laughs> and the Panthers is 4.4 drinks, but it only costs you 45.70, you save over $15. So the answer to the question folks is don't drink in LA. No, or don't drink at the stadium at the very least. Yeah, don't drink it. Don't drink in LA. So, all right, let's get to work, guys. That was a fun little thing, but we got to get to work. We've got we got to talk about QBs. Let's talk about quarterbacks. So we did our quarterback ranking episode. We talked about all that stuff. I wanted to bring to all of us together to talk about guys that we're outside the normal parameters on. So we did a composite score, and most of us had one guy that we're really lower on than everybody else. I have, I don't have in the window because up, sorry, doing it live. We're doing it live. Hold on. There we go. I now have up in your windows, our quarterback rankings. So for me, the one guy that everybody else had higher than me was Justin Herbert. I had Justin Herbert at number 11. You guys had him anywhere from Third to ninth. Here's the here's my reasoning, just really quick, because I want to I want to spend more time on the contributors. Justin Herbert plays in LA. Their drinks are way too expensive. That I, I just I just don't see it. But Craig, you have Justin Herbert at three. Sean, you have him at six. Since you have him at nine. Someone and, and no one, by the way, was bigger on Justin Herbert in our ears last year than Cinch. Cinch was a Big Justin Herbert true for last year, and he was right. The kid came out the gate pretty strong. I'm not convinced he can replicate it. Somebody explain to me. Let's start with Craig. Let's go right down like Craig, Sean, Stinch. Give me 10 seconds while I'm why I'm wrong at Justin Herbert. Why do you guys have Justin Herbert higher than me? <clears throat> okay, so for me, really quick, nothing. He's getting back all of his tools, and I don't see him regressing at all. So that's it for me. Sean, talk to me. Uh, well, I'm going to agree pretty much with that. I mean, um, he's got, you know, those wide receivers out there, the Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup. Um, and, uh, sorry, Cooper Cup's on <laughs> the Rams. But Keenan Allen, he's got, uh, was it Williams out there? And we talk about his weapons and we can't name more than one. I know, I know. But, um, and Eckler, he's got Eckler back. That's a big one right there. I mean, that guy catch is going to catch uh, 70 balls this year. So uh, I, I, I always am a little wary of, of regression in a, in a second-year quarterback, but I don't see it being a, too much of a problem as long as he doesn't start throwing picks. Um, I think he'll be fine. Since you and I were the closest two on this, I had him at 11, you had him at 9, but you were a big Justin Herbert guy last year. Are you still on the Justin Herbert wagon? Yes, very good quarterback. I'd be very excited if my team had a quarterback like him. That being said, new coach, new offensive coordinator. Everybody in the league has seen him now. There's going to be a little bit of a regression, and the guys above him are pretty good. I'm not ranking him 19th. I'm ranking him 9th. Right. All right, fair enough. Craig, your lone guy is Dak Prescott. Everyone else has Dak, Dak Prescott in the top six quarterbacks, except for Craig. He has Dak mm -hmm. at number 13. Mm -hmm. I want you to explain to us, Craig, why you, why you're, you're, you have him at 13. And then I'm going to let Cinch and Sean tell you why you're wrong. So tell us, why is Dak number 13 in so your for, book? So for me, 
it's the combination, like I mentioned when we went over this the first time, it's a combination of that division and then add in the unsureness, for lack of a better word, of the Cowboys. Look at the Cowboys, how they were last year. And yeah, I know Dak got hurt. We don't know how stable his ankle is. We don't know how Zeke's going to be. And yes, he looks totally jacked on the field, but I don't know if he's going to be able to run. And I just don't think... I think the Cowboys have a bunch of different tools, and they have no idea how to use them properly. That's it for me. All right, who wants to tell him why he's wrong? Because you both have him rated much higher. Okay, I'll do it. You're wrong. There's no other team that has a better three targets to throw to than Dak does. Add that he's got a very solid tight end. Not great, but solid. And he's got a very good running back. Now think about who they're playing twice a year. Are you afraid of the Eagles defense? How about the Giants defense? Come on. Come on. Sean? <sighs> yeah, I, 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 the weapons again. Uh, Zeke back is going to open it up. The, you know, they have to worry about him. Uh, I mean, he was doing great last year before the injury. Um, he's got those three wide receivers still. He's got, you know, Jarwin back. I think he was supposed to be the starter last year at tight end, and they had to go with, Sh- with Schultz. And, um, you know, it's just too many weapons. Too many weapons to not. And they're, they're going to have to. And they're going to have to score points because their defense is not. That. Zeke had six touchdowns last year. Yeah, well, six. I mean, Zeke, but Zach was also out most of the yeah. year last year. So that means they should. That, that means in. they should have ran more, and he should have had more you, touchdowns. But you can stack seventeen guys in the box when your quarterback who it was was Andy Dalton. Like, literally, they were like, there's 12 men on defense. And the referees were like, yeah, but your quarterback's Andy Dalton. we got to let it pass. That's, that's it. So, Cinch has something on this. Cinch, what do you got for me? Any team that's starting Andy Dalton, you know he's not going to beat you through the air. Shush. So, you got 11 guys in the box, all there to stop the run. I mean, that's why. That's why. That right there. You'd have to beat the Bears to start Dalton. Oh. That's why he's only going to be starting like four games before they pull the plug on him. Is he? We'll get to that eventually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, when when your when your defensive coordinator job is basically to call in the play. He puts the little sheet of paper in front of his face and just says, "Stop Zeke." I mean, there's really not much you can do. So, all right. So moving on, Cinch. Cinch is actually, if you look at his rankings, every one of his top ten, he ranked in the top ten. He is right on pace with our composite rankings, so I can't, I can't call him to task on this, but I will later on other things. Sean, we need to call you to task on Ryan Tannehill. As much as I dislike Ryan Tannehill, I still have him in the top 10, and you really? have him at number 13. Yeah? Explain to me why Ryan Tannehill is not a top 10 quarterback. Um, because he's not. I mean... It's. It, I don't care that he has Julio Jones uh, in there now. I mean, he's still not going to throw. They're still not going to base it off of him. It's still Derrick Henry's show. And really, in my top, after, you know, let's see, you guys had him the rated eighth quarterback was the highest you guys had him rated. I have Rodgers at eight, Stafford at nine, Brady at 10, Burrow at 11, Jalen Hurts at 12. Yeah, maybe I could switch him with Jalen Hurts to make him number 12 uh, because, you know, I don't like what's happening in Philly right now. But, um, yeah, that's that's where who am I going to replace Tannenhill with those other guys that I mentioned? I don't think there's anybody. Hmm. Since you're higher on Tannehill than anybody, you had him at eighth. Do you want to give some feedback? Do you disagree with his assessment? It's all about Anthony Fersker. Well, you know what? When you have it's not actually crazy to have, say. when you have the running back that you have and you have two great wide receivers, there's just and, and Tannehill has shown once he's gotten out from Adam Gase's foot that he's a quality NFL quarterback. And frankly, he's offended, Sean, and he's not a fan. That's fair. I, I'm sorry to say I, I have no ill will against him, but he's just not in the top ten. Sorry. Fair enough. Okay. 
I want, I'm going to bring up right now on your screen, it might be hard to see, but I'm bring up on your screen, the CBS sports <laughs> site and the guys that were outside the top 12 in fantasy points last year. So number 13 through whatever. I'm skipping the guys who retire because there's Philip Rivers and Drew Brees are in this list. I want to know which one of these guys is actually going to get into the quarterback one argument this year. So we got Derek Carr. We got Matt Stafford. We got Ben Roethlisberger. We got Cinch's favorite player, Cam Newton. We got Baker Mayfield. Teddy Bridgewater is in Denver. I know he's technically backing up Drew Locke, so I don't know. Jared Goff. Carson Wentz is already hurt, so we don't even bring him up. Drew Locke or Daniel Jones? Who? And it doesn't have to be one of those guys, but who is outside of that top 12 last year that's going to make the jump this year into the QB1 rank? Let's start with Cinch here. Got to be Stafford, right? I mean, he's in the best situation any of those quarterbacks could be from last year to this year. Now, you just got to hope that his offensive line doesn't kill him. He already jammed his thumb on somebody's helmet in practice. But he's got the receivers. He's got the coach. I don't know if he's got the running back, but camp isn't over yet. They could trade for someone. Maybe Sony Michelle. They could have him. Wow, cinch down on Michelle. I'm not shocked. We'll throw Craig, in Cam Newton. Can't throw, we'll throw in Newton just so we can <laughs> no, do just it. Throw him just because. Uh, yeah, on that. On this list, I'd have to agree with Cinch and say Stafford, out of everyone, he's in the best position. And then given his his history, he's still going to throw for like 6,000 yards. So I think it's going to be yeah. him. 45 touchdowns, 34 interceptions, and 7,000 yards. Yes. That's kind of that Stafford dreamline. <laughs> Sean, who's making the big leap from QB2 or below into QB1 this year? Uh, it's, I think it's going to be overwhelming consensus here. It's, I think it's going to be Matt Stafford. I mean, how can you not, um, you know, other people on that list that, that even would have a shot. I was going to, could have been Carson Wentz, but you know, he's breakable. So, um, not him, uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, there's still going to be running the ball too much for him to crack that top 10, uh, Jared Goff, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to pass a lot, but who is he passing to? Cephas? Yeah. Okay, I mean, you know. Amon St. Ra! <laughs> yeah, there's Amon St. Ra, but again, Amon Ra, Saint, whatever. There's no true true number one right now, so, you know, no, nothing there. And the other guys are just, uh, yeah, they're they're just another guy. So, there you go. I'm shocked that nobody went outside the list I gave you because names outside that list included included Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both those guys are big Craig faves. Um, I'm surprised nobody went Sam Darnold. No one went Tua. And, of course, Mitchell Trubisky's in Buffalo now. He's an injury away from being uh, a Super Bowl contender. So, But, okay, I, I kind of agree. I, I'm high on Stafford this year, um, so I, I kind of agree with you guys there. So. Poll question for the group off the top of your head. Who is the one quarterback you want no part of this year? Like you can't see any situation in which you draft him in a fantasy league. Let's start with Craig. Someone I just don't want on my fantasy team. There is like zero chance this guy ends up on a roster for you this year. Mm. I hate to. I hate to say it, but it's going to be Tua. Like I think the Dolphins, okay. the Dolphins are just a hurricane whirlwind of mess. And Miami Hurricane, I got you exactly. There. Um, <clears throat> I just don't think because there was already drama in camp, and I still don't think the Dolphins are happy with how Tua has been playing and what they expected. So I honestly can't even see him there after next year at this rate. So, Sean, what do you got for me? I, I'm not going to take any part of Hertz. I can't. I, I know um, he's going to go pretty high, but you know, just where he's going to be drafted, I don't think I'm going to go there at all. I'd rather have somebody else. Uh, give me Matt Ryan. <laughs> give me Tannehill. <laughs> Fair enough. We're going to skip Sitch because we know the answer is Cam Newton. 
Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> Go on, what but, do you got for me? Well, Jared Goff, my other favorite. Yeah, yeah. Talk about guys who had a good situation and managed to find a way to make their situation worse. Jared Goff is absolutely on that list. I thought that was a given, Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an automatic. Yeah, it's like saying, all right. I told you he wasn't good. You know, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have an answer for this. I think I want to see a year out of Joe Burrow before I, I get back on the Joe Burrow train. So that's probably Joe Burrow is probably the guy I'm avoiding this year just because I want to see him perform and have a decent year. So news out of Colts camp today or yesterday and into today, the Colts are giving Sam Ellinger first team reps and they're openly saying that they have no first quarterback right now. Sam Ellinger is the rookie out of Texas. He was great at Texas. People were like, if he gets an opportunity, he might be good. Is this the route that they're going to go? Are we looking at the Sam Ellinger era beginning in uh, Indianapolis? Let's start with Cinch. No. (laughs) Well, they had Jacob Easton was a fourth round pick last year. And I think they've seen enough to know that he's not a superstar. He could play, sure, probably. But the bottom line is Wentz is going to be back for opening day. And if he's not, you could start a guy named Joe. It doesn't really matter. They'll hand it off. I hear that. Sean, what do you think? Sam Ellinger, something or nothing? I I mean, if they really believe that Wentz is going to be back for week one, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, what, what did they say? Five to, to 12? It's a big difference. If it's on the 12 side, you need to get somebody else. If it's on the five side, all right, he starts a game, <clears throat> maybe. Fine. But if it's... 12, then then you need to you need to get somebody why they haven't traded for Nick Foles yet I don't know because that seems like the logical choice listen, he's listen, already been in a system stop trying to drop your problems <laughs> on other teams okay that's not stop. what it is not what it is it, that's absolutely what it is Craig Sam Ellinger yay or nay uh, probably nay I mean he could be the next great thing but probably not I mean maybe we never know so. Follow-up question. Right now, you're in a dynasty draft. You're in a late round, and you're just picking based on potential futures. Quick answer, yes or no. Sam Ellinger's out there. Would you go and risk a pick on him as, like, say, your fourth quarterback in a dynasty in, like, a second-to-last round? Start with Craig. Uh, at that pick, at that round, yeah, because why not? Sean. No, uh, it Mons Mills uh, Trask. I, I'll take any of those newer guys than than whatever his name is <clears throat> Ellinger. Sure, <laughs> Cinch late round no. flyer in a dynasty. No, not okay. a chance. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, since we last talked and since we did our quarterback rankings, Aaron Rodgers actually showed up to work. So the epic question becomes. Do we actually move Aaron Rodgers now? So let me remind everybody where we ranked Aaron Rodgers. I had him at seven. Cinch had him at six. Craig had him at five. And Sean had him at eighth for a composite of 6.5. Really quick, just going around the room. Give me 30 seconds. Cinch, we'll start with you. Do you move Rodgers up from sixth where you had him ranked previous now that you know what you know? No, I think he'll have a very good year. But last season, he had 48 touchdowns. There will be some regression, and it will land him around sixth. Okay. Craig, you had him at fifth. Do you move him up, or do you keep him there? Uh, I would probably keep him right at five for me. Sean, moving him up from eighth? I, I might. I might put him at seven or six, but not much higher than that. I, I agree. I agree there's going to be some regression. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a bigger role this year. Finally, uh, I don't see how they couldn't. But, I mean, they still don't have – I mean, uh, he makes magic out of nothing. I mean, I, I hate him because he's a Packer. But he makes magic out of nothing. I mean, look at the wide receivers other than Adams. I mean, I still think, you know, the they got to put Aaron Jones in there more. Law office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are, are you are you down on the Randall Cobb trade? Are you discounting the acquisition of Randall Cobb? I like it as as a 
favorite target for him. He's going to catch probably, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine he's very fast anymore, but you know, he's got, he's going to catch those, uh, he's going to, he's going to have the hands to catch it. And that's what Rogers wanted with him. He's going to have the hands to catch the ball. And I don't think he'll be there. He'll be their safety guy. So, but I don't think I, I just can't see him being more than the number six. You're all wrong. The correct answer is Aaron Rodgers is now a top three quarterback in <laughs> fantasy football. He's going to do amazing things and win us the Scott Fishbowl. So you're all Amen. wrong. Right. Amen. Right. Look like geniuses Aww. now drafting him. Genius. Okay. That was loud enough for my mic to pick up. I sh- <laughs> there, all of you just heard Sean go oh, through three different mics because we're in a small studio that doesn't have good acoustics. So I apologize for that because I, I heard it through my ears on seven different levels. All right. Next topic. Who's the one quarterback no one is discussing that you think should be discussed? Who's the one guy that no one's talking about in terms of fantasy that you think we should be talking about? And let's start with the angelic voice of Sean. Huh. Um, no one's talking about. Um, I mean, we talk about everybody, don't we? I mean, but who's not getting enough press? I mean, the uh, the only guy that 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 can like really shine if he can start just throwing the ball because he has the weapons and everything is Daniel Jones. I mean, look at the weapons he has. I know, I know. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. But he he with those weapons, if he can get the ball to them. He can he can definitely be better than his ADP and better than you know number uh, twenty or whatever it is. So, so now we go wanna... live. Now we go live to Cinch so he can tell Sean why he's dead wrong there because Cinch is a anti Daniel Jones truther. Cinch, why is Sean wrong? And tell us who the, who what quarterback <laughs> you think people are underrating. I'm I'm not anti Daniel Jones. I just have eyes. Uh, is that Ellinger guy available? Because I would take him over Daniel Jones. Talk to me about targets. That awesome. does it make about your targets? Awesome. If you throw targets. the ball into the ground. Are we talking about targets? You want to know what your answer should have been, Sean? Your answer should have been Fields, because there's no way Chicago could not start it. My problem is, is I don't think games. My problem is, I don't think that there hasn't been talk about him. There has been lots of talk about him, at least what I've heard, maybe because I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I listen to that, and we're in a New York area, but I listen to the Chicago stuff, so I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of hype on on him going to be, you know, worth a, depending, I mean, a two-quarterback league, or um, a one-quarterback, 10 or 12, maybe, you don't even bother, but uh, a super flex, yeah, yeah, definitely. Fields should be up in your in your um, uh, watch list, definitely. But if we're talking about a guy who no one is saying could be in the top ten, I think he's a guy. Another guy could be Lawrence, because really, no one's talking about Lawrence being a top ten quarterback. It's possible he's got good targets. Plus, he's playing against Tennessee's defense, and they stink, and the Colts' defense. You know, I'm just saying. I like that. Craig, what do you got? Who are we not talking about that we should be? Hold on. I'll hold it up so you can see it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so we're not a video <laughs> feed for the people who are listening. We're a know, damn know, podcast. Oh, God. Once again, it, it is time for another episode of Craig Loves Fitzmagic. Um, so for me, clearly it is Ryan Fitzpatrick because he has a lot of weapons in Washington. The NFC East is terrible, absolutely terrible. So he has a very good chance of being a top 10 quarterback. Because if you look at the stats of what he did winning to the Jets when no one was there, it was incredible. And now that Washington has, has more talent on it, it's clear he has a lot of opportunity there. He was incredible in New York until he was the starter. <laughs> just like in Miami, just like in Buffalo. You'll Just see. like everywhere he's gone, he he comes off the bench. He's like, oh, my God, look at me. I'm a quarterback. Well, here's some money. OK, <laughs> the end. Hey, he is the Cinch. smartest man in the NFL. I'm just saying. Yes. Cinch, what do you got? Craig, how many games do you think he plays this season? He plays the full season unless he wow. gets hurt. 
All right, I'd let, say let's over go. under 10 and a half. 10 and a half for Cinch. Who's Sean, the, how many games does Fitzpatrick Who's their backup? I mean, I, yeah, it's, uh, that's my problem is, like, they don't have anybody to back him up. Who, who's the guy no, that's going to take over Unless he gets hurt, he's finishing the season. Yeah. Who played no. really well in that playoff game last season. No. And then they also brought Allen from Carolina up there because the coach was the Carolina coach. Now he's in Washington, and that was his guy. So I, I think between old man injury tripping over that beard or some other injury, he will be replaced. That's where I'm at, too. I, I just think that I don't think Washington is as strong an offensive line as people have even indicated they are. So I do worry about injury with him. So last question on quarterbacks. Then we got to move on to wide receivers, because believe it or not, we're running low on time already. And I want to make sure we get at least 20 minutes in for wide receivers. Really quick, give me a name and give me 30 seconds or less. Which of the top five quarterbacks? You have it up on your screen right now. We've got Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Jackson and Prescott as our consensus top five. Which one of those five is the most likely to disappoint? We'll start with Craig. You really want my answer? Because you should know it. Nope. The answer is <laughs> Dak Prescott, and we move it's on. Dak. Cinch, what do you got? Thank you. <laughs> I think Murray. Murray showed last year he was great until he got banged up. And then from the, to- from the time he was banged up, he was ordinary. So he's a little guy. If he gets hit hard early, it could ruin the whole season. Sean, who's the guy in the top five who is the most likely to disappoint? I had, I had those uh, two names as well. But to be, I mean, those. But uh, along the same lines, Lamar Jackson. He gets banged up. He's not gonna because I don't believe in his arm. I mean, I think his accuracy is not not exactly where it needs to be. And Agreed. if he just loses his legs at all, I don't think he'll be in the top five. The correct answer is Josh Allen. What's interesting to me about that conversation is we all went different places. I went with Allen. Cinch went with Murray. Uh, Sean went with Jackson. Craig very predictably went with Dak Prescott, which no one should be shocked about. That's a really, there's a lot of variable there. The only person we didn't mention in that group, because there's only four of us and there's five names, was Mahomes. That's the Injuries. guy. Injuries hurt everybody. Yeah, so everybody just draft Mahomes and win your league championship. (laughs) Congratulations. All right, we're going to move on and talk about wide receivers for a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to talk about guys that we're down on. So hold on. Let me put up the wide receiver rankings on your screen so you guys can see where we're at. Each of us, except for Sean, had a wide receiver outside of our top 10 that ended up in the top 10 composite. So it's somebody we're down on, but the rest of the group isn't. For me, it was Keenan Allen. I have Keenan Allen at 13. We have him at a composite of number nine. This just ties into the Justin Herbert thing. Keenan Allen is, I just, I, he produces, but I just don't think he's going to continue to produce at the level he has. And I think it's just going to be something that kind of peters out over time. Since we're going to go to you now, the guy you have, we have Allen Robinson at number 10. You've got him ranked at 12. You've got Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper. Now, Thomas is injured. You didn't have Thomas as injured when this happened that because we do the, the rankings about a month in advance, but you've got Amari Cooper ahead of Allen Robinson. It just feels like you're down on Allen Robinson. Why is Amari Cooper a better pick than Allen Robinson? It's the coaching offense. The, the game that they want to play in Dallas is wide receivers go. We're going to throw it to you. The bears have never shown themselves to be an offensive team like ever in their history. So I just don't see him getting the targets. I don't see his quarterback being good enough. And when Fields finally starts, he's going to be good. But is he going to run the ball in from the seven-yard line instead of throwing it in? And that's going to take targets, uh, TDs away. Fair point. Sean, do you, do you agree with that assessment as a Bears fan, or is that way out for you? I still think that Allen Robinson in the PPR is the main man there, and he's going to get the ball as much as they can get to him. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he was targeted as much as as Finch thinks in the red zone as um, last year, as as because the. I know that we had uh, Graham in there. He was targeted a lot. We had, um, uh, oh my God, 
trying to think. <laughs> All right, so, Matt, so you have Mooney. Do you want me? Do you want me to? Do you want me to? Let me let me help you stop right there. He actually had 151 targets last oh, year. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is third most. There's only two guys in, I, the, in in the league that had more than him on terms of fantasy rank, and that's Diggs and Hopkins. I mean, like he was more targeted than Ridley. He was more targeted than Devontae Adams. He was more targeted than Tyreek Hill. So I mean, it's hard to say that he doesn't have enough targets. Oh no no! I'm not saying he's gonna have enough tar- not enough targets. I'm gonna say he's not have enough targets in the red zone that that uh, Cinch is saying. Um, I think they were throwing to Graham a lot in the red zone because of his you know ability there. But um, I definitely think he'll be in the top ten just because of the amount of targets he will have. Now I rank him twelfth, so I'm not saying he's a bum. But my question isn't him. He's a really talented receiver. My question is. The head coach slash offensive coordinator hasn't shown himself to be any kind of genius. He came from being the head, the uh, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, and I think that was just Andy Reid did everything, and he was along for the ride. So he hasn't shown himself to be anything. I think Robinson is good. I just think if you're you're relying on Andy Dalton to get him the ball, you got problems. That's fair. That's fair. Craig, we need to wake you up because these guys are having a great discussion over here and you're just kind of asleep at the wheel, um, which which I love, by the way. I, I look forward to this episode every year because at some point there's going to be a cinch and Sean discussion where Craig and I can go get a burger. We <laughs> Pretty can come much. back like half an hour from now. They're, they're going to have two different viewpoints. They're Pretty both going to be great, but we get to take a break. Craig, you're down on DK Metcalf, which instantly makes me disown you because DK Metcalf <laughs> is a god among men. Why are you down on DK Metcalf? So for me, it it really started with the drama that happened between Wilson and the coaching staff and the owners of the Seahawks. And anytime I see stuff like that, it just, as much as people don't want to admit to it, that stuff carries into the season. So all of a sudden now you, you the Seahawks have one or two bad games. It's going to affect all of them. And I think he's just going to be rolled up into that so yeah he's a little bit outside my top 10 like i have him at 11 so but i have him like six which is why there's such a gap there believe it or not sean's top 10 is exactly the same top 10 as we have so we don't have to bother him with this question which is good because we need to save time at this point (laughs) wide receivers two that might make the leap this year we just talked about in the last segment with the quarterbacks we talked about wide uh, quarterbacks that might make the leap so let's take a look at guys who are outside the top 12 but could be inside the top 12. I'm highlighting it on the screen now. So we got guys like Adam Thielen was outside the top 12 last year. Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, A.J. Brown, believe it or not, in the league that we were in. I'm I'm basing this off of of, uh, CBS Sports Stats, by the way. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was one point better than Juju Smith-Schuster, so he's on the list. Terry McLaurin, Chris Samuel, uh, Marvin Jones, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, both of the Rams running backs. Oh, no, Woods didn't make the list, but he's up above there. What's the guy that's outside the top 12 that has the best chance to make it into the top 12 this year? Let's go back to Craig for that. All right. So for me, it's a tie. So I'll say both. One is Terry McLaurin. He's a lot of potential there, like I mentioned with Fitzpatrick. And... This is may not surprise anyone, but I think T. Higgins is going to have a huge uh, breakout year this year, provided everyone stays healthy. But I think he's my main choice to bring it up to wide receiver two this year. Sean, you were a T. Higgins owner last season. I see it because I know I see it on the screen. <laughs> tell, tell, do you agree with that assessment? And if not, who who do you pick? Who who's the guy who's going to make the leap this year to the top twelve? So, I, I do like T. Higgins. I don't think he'll bake that top ten because there's just too much, too much sharing of the ball there. I mean, you got Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. Oh, you got you drafted this guy. What was his name? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jamar Chase. Um, I I think there's just too much um spreading of the ball around. That's that's and you know Mixon ain't too bad catching the ball if I remember correctly. Um. I know they had Bernard there to do most of it, but I don't think he was horrible. Um, so I don't think 
Higgins makes it that far just because, I mean, just too much spreading of the ball. Um, who I do think, I agree with McLaurin. Um, the other guy on the list, uh, I, I know that they're spreading the ball there too, but Deontay Johnson, he's so talented. Um, and and I think that's where they're going to go with him. Uh, if he can just catch the ball more, you know, <laughs> a little problem with the dropsies last year, but that's a big break, part. Breaking know, analysis can... <laughs> to be a good wide receiver. You need to catch the ball. Sean has broken the game wide open as a Deontay Johnson owner from last year. I both agree and disagree with you. I'm a big Terry McLaurin guy. I, I do agree that he's going to be big this year. So let's, so I'm just going to skip beyond that. Cause you guys are kind of hitting the same things. I am Cinch, What have you got? Who, who's the guy that's going to be break into that top 12? If you're telling me AJ Brown isn't there, that's a that's a gimme. That I think that's easy. Julio Jones is afraid of the end zone. Now watch opening weekend, he'll get a touchdown, and then you'll have to wait like eight more weeks before he scores another one. Well, someone's going to catch the ball there, and it's going to be Ferkser, and it's going to be AJ Brown. No, it's going to be Derrick Henry running it in, but you know, there's that possibility. But AJ Brown was number sixteen on CBS Sports's in terms of of uh, scoring, and and yeah, it's a unique league that we're in. It's not something that's crazy unique. It's a PPR. But AJ Brown was still number sixteen in our list. That's that's he's got a point. I I do believe that we ranked him pretty well in the into the top ten, except for one of us, <clears throat> Craig, into the top ten. So uh, it's not a leap. Definitely not a leap with AJ Brown. I don't think. It really? is if he finished the last season at 16. Cinch, what do you got? Let's see. If Julio Jones is on the other side of the field, he's going to draw double coverage. That's going to open things up for A.J. Brown. And man-to-man, he's going to beat anybody. Okay, so I'm going to skip the last topic, which was just about the slow start of Jamar Chase. The only person who wanted to talk about Jamar Chase anyway was Craig, so we're just going to move on from that <laughs> and go right into final thoughts because, believe it or not, we are out of time Sad. Let's go around the horn. Sad. Give me like a two-minute final thought on quarterbacks and or wide receivers. Let's start with the cinch. Yeah, let's start with me. All right, so here, here's what you got to remember. Quarterback and wide receiver, they go hand-in-hand hand because the wide receiver is nothing without his quarterback. So when you're looking at a wide receiver, look at the quarterback. If you think Deontay Johnson is going to have a great year, that means that you think Ben's going to be able to stay upright and throw him the ball. And Pittsburgh's replacing three-fifths of their offensive line this season. So, I mean, that, that's a unit that needs to be cohesive for that wide receiver to have enough time to run his pattern and catch the ball if he can't catch the ball. So I just think keep in mind if you're worried about a wide receiver or you have doubts about a right wide receiver, go with whoever the more reliable durable, better quarterback is. A-Rob had a Trubisky last year, and he was still top 10, so, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you can't stop those Bears. You can't stop the Bears. Sean, are you really going to make Mitchell Trubisky your final thought? What do you got for me? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Uh, We're all out of time. Thought, my final thought on, on, on quarterbacks and wide receivers, um, you know, definitely can, in one quarterback leagues, you don't have to draft really early with these quarterbacks make sure you 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 know you can wait if you don't want one of those top guys you could wait a little bit if um if you don't get them um you know two quarterback leagues then definitely you want to start with your you know the top guys if you can in those early rounds wide receivers my personal choice i know people are going to say oh because he loves running backs but Lots of value. I mean, again, if you want one of those top guys, fine. Lots of value. You, you can wait on the quarter, on the running uh, wide receivers a little longer into those late, early mid rounds. That's all. Okay, Craig, what have you got on quarterbacks and wideouts? <laughs> um, so for me, really, is a combination of Cinch and Sean. If some leagues like in ours, if you pair up the receiver and the quarterback, it works out really well. Uh, but just like what Sean said, if you're in a one quarterback league, you, you know, if you don't get Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, you don't have to like reach for a quarterback because there's so many starting quarterbacks. It's not a major priority if you don't get those first two. So don't 
don't reach for someone if you don't have to. That's what I'll say. And just to play off of that, because my final thought was going to be depth. These are two positions where there's depth. We just talked about A.J. Brown was number 16 on CBS Sports in terms of fantasy points last year. And there, I don't think you'd find a single person who wouldn't say he was a wide receiver one. The real, besides the fact that what, what Cinch said up front, which is these two positions go hand in hand, the other reason I paired them together in our schedule this year is simply because they're the two positions with the best depth. The cliffs you fall off of when you're drafting quarterback and wide receiver are a little less severe and come a little later than you do with other positions. Tight end, there's three guys. We all know this. You could argue that there's only two guys. At quarterback, you could be Craig and end up drafting Fitzmagic and live a happy life. You're not going to win a lot of games, but you'll live a happy <laughs> life. So use your depth. All of these guys just said it. Use your depth. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we are out of time for our quarterback wide receiver roundtable. We are going to wrap. And then next time you hear from us, we are going to talk about running backs, tight ends, and we might throw in kickers or defenses if we get bored. But we all know Sean could talk 45 minutes about Ronald Jones Jr. himself. So <laughs> we're going to make sure that we give him adequate time to, to tell us why we should all draft a guy who's in a timeshare. But leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Uh, we are on... Apple Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on Chartable, we're on everywhere now. What's the other one? Audible. Audible. Craig has got us hooked up with Audible. Wherever you listen to us, leave us a review. We've seen some reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, Reach out to us. We are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We are FignutsDFS at gmail.com. We had somebody reach out to us with a great question that I could not answer last week. It was like, I'm drafting 11th in a 12-man league snake. Who am I targeting? And I'm like... At 11, whoever's there. I mean, that's so hard to predict. <laughs> but do please reach out to us because we do love chatting with you guys and we will definitely make sure we get you guys shout outs in the future. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I feel like this was a really good start to our uh, our annual roundtable series. We'll be back. Our next episode will be running backs, tight ends, and then whatever else we feel like talking about. And then we're going to wrap up the roundtable series this year with talking about draft strategy and what we want to do overall. And so the next couple of weeks should be very interesting episodes. Guys, once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's great to be here. Always great to have (laughs) you guys. We will be back next week. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb. Thank you.